Uh, let's go into a little bit about what you've been doing since you retired. You sure. played seven years. You retired. You decided to go back to your school, University of Texas, get your MBA. And also, while you were getting your MBA, you started, decided to work at J.P. Morgan while getting it. Go into that and explain explain how that was, going back to school after you know playing seven years in the NFL. All right, yeah. So, Doozy, you know my dad. Uh, you're familiar with him and his yeah. accent. And I was playing for the Giants at the time, my seventh year. And I was just mentally burned out, man. Yeah. I think those years in Cleveland, you know, really did a toll on me. You play Troy Palomalo one week, play Ray Lewis the next week, and then you might have the West Coast, NFC West schedule, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have to see Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. <laughs> so I was tired, man. But physically, I, I think I could have still done it. Mentally, I think I was just ready for a change. And yeah. so I decided I'd come up with this grand plan. I was like, I'm going to go home, talk to my dad, ask my dad, yo, Pops, are you proud of me? Pops was going to say yes. I'm going to say, hey, I'm done. I'm going to retire, hanging up my cleats. So get on a plane, fly home in June. Um, and I'm like, yo, Dad, you know, go into his room, talk to him. I'm like, how's everything going? He's like, Chris, everything is going fine. What's, what's going <laughs> you know I wanted to talk to him. And so it's like, Dad, look, are you proud of me? And he kind of looked at me puzzled, and he was like, Chris, of course I'm proud of you. You know, what our family has been through, Doozy, as you know, I lost two brothers yeah. in high school, my mom in high school. And so... It's always been a very tough road, road road for my family, but he was like, you know, for what we've been through, you you know, made a name for yourself, you graduated from school. I'm proud of all my kids, you yeah. know. So at that point I was like, Cool, Dad, I'm I'm done. Yeah. He goes, What do you mean? I was like, Dad, I'm done playing football, man. That's it, that's it. Yeah. Seven years I'm good. So about thirty minutes passes, my dad calls me and said, So y'all done with football. What are you going to do now? Yeah. So I'm like, honestly, I've been doing the T V radio stuff. Mac Brown had just gotten the ABC job uh, with John Saunders, Wide World yeah. Sports. They were doing Saturday football, and he was really pushing me to do ESPN or do um, you know NFL Network. And I had done the broadcast boot camps yeah. and worked with a couple of people there, and I'd done some stuff with Comcast locally. But Jerry Madelon, who was the talent producer My guy, man. There, at the time, was really pushing me. And so I was down to do it, but ultimately I felt like, you know, everybody was trying to walk off the football field into the broadcast booth. Yeah. And you know the challenges. You've done very successful, have been very successful, excuse me, yeah. with NFL Network and some of the stuff you've done. But it's a lot of work, man. It it's is. A lot I don't think work. people understand how they much don't. work this takes. And, and people just feel like you can just walk off the field and, and go into a job. It doesn't work like that. It's just Unless like, you're like Peyton Manning. Yeah, exactly. Or it's, it's, not, it's, it's just it's like playing everybody. football, man. Absolutely. You have to put the work in. Man. You do. Yeah, they don't understand that. You do. So, you know, my dad calls me and he's like, Chris, what about going to business school? And I was mm. like, Dad, like, why would I do that? Like, <laughs> I double majored at UT. I was an yeah. academic All-American at UT. It's like, Dad, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really wanting to do all of that. But at the time, my oldest sister, who's a corporate finance managing director at a, a, a financial institution, um, she had gone to University of Chicago Business yeah. School. Then my other sister was at Harvard Law. So in my family. That was really the standard. No question, so yeah. the NFL thing was cool, but education was primary. And so I, you know, I sat on it for about maybe 24 hours, and I started looking into it. And I saw that the deadline to apply to the executive MBA program at Texas was three days away. So I was like, you know what? Shot in the dark. Let me apply. I did. Two weeks later, I was interviewing. I got in. So I got lucky. My sisters came to me and they're like, Chris, you could go to Ivy League. What a story that would be. I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to just jump right in. Yeah. I didn't want to take time off and be complacent yeah, or whatever. Exactly. You know how it is. Yeah, you so I went to sit around doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, went to business school. Doozy really with no idea what I was doing. I hadn't been in school in almost eight years. And the first thing that I'm learning about is corporate finance, time value and money, and perpetuities, annuities, 
and like utilization and stuff that even at this point I don't really even remember. Yeah. So going through it as I'm going through it, I'm you know they're asking me questions. How was it in the league? What was going on there? And I was like, man, I saw like there was a widespread knowledge deficit with athletes and whether it had to do with crisis management or financial literacy exactly. or really how to brand yourself. And I wanted to be at the forefront to help athletes with not only those problems, but also with the ability to transition in or out of the league or out of college sports or whatever. And so I saw enough guys go through enough crazy things. And also coupling that with we come from different ethnicities, backgrounds, uh, demographics, et cetera, et cetera, we're given an exorbitant amount of money or a scholarship, and we don't know what to do. Exactly. So I wanted to figure out a way to mitigate those risks for athletes. And so while I was in business school, I went to work at J.P. Morgan so I could understand finance a little bit better um, in addition to my, my business degree. I then was lucky enough to work um, at the NFL League office yeah. <laughs> and get the business operational side. And so while I was in business school, I'd written a business plan predicated on these things that we're talking about and ultimately created all-purpose sports advisory that helps student athletes and professional athletes transition both in and out of sports while customizing um, solutions, programmed, or customized to their particular needs. So yeah. that's what I've been working on. And to me, I think that's amazing because I don't think enough people talk about that or talk to players about that, you know, financial literacy and, and what to do with your money or where your money is going. And, and, and not just in the NFL, but just in college, you work with a, a lot of different colleges and you can talk about that a little bit. I sure. think it's, it's really important because not everybody is going to make it to the NFL and, and kids in college are so one track minded that like I'm going to the league no matter what. But what happens when you don't go to the league? Right. Like what's your next step? And I really like that you're helping people kids and adults transition into their next phase. So just talk about the, the different schools that you work at and, and what exactly you do with all these kids and, and athletes. Absolutely. So the first thing that I do is, um, it's really like started with cold calling, man. Like, yeah. And I learned that while I was at the bank at J.P. Morgan. You have to cold call prospects, you know, mm. for them in hopes for them to become your clients. And so cold calling, cold emailing. Um, and what's really helped is that platform that I had. I was lucky enough to play in the NFL. And that's usually, you know, a good attention grabber for them. And so, but then they realize that I'm not just a, an athlete. I'm yeah, more than an athlete. And I think a lot of times as athletes, we are defined by what we do, but we don't understand football or basketball or volleyball is just something that you do. It doesn't define who you are. And so ultimately, as I, as I learned that, I wanted to make it initially relatable. So... As you know, when we'd be in training camp, people would come talk to us about financial literacy, yeah. finance, or taxes, or, or whatever, or how you should do your line of duty. But if I don't relate to you, that's why I talk about the, the background and no the question. Then I'm not going to listen to you. If I'm making X amount of million dollars a year, I know that you're not. I'm like, why are you going to listen to me? I didn't need you to make those millions. Exactly. So we, we lose sight of that. So you've got to make it relatable. Um, and some of the schools that I've worked with, Texas Tech, South Carolina, I've worked with the Big 12 Conference as a whole, um, hopefully working with some other schools coming this fall, VCU, um, Michigan State, I met with Tom Izzo yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And it's just really helping them understand what we can do not to displace what y'all are currently doing because I respect your values and your beliefs. Obviously, it's been working because, for example, somebody like Tom Izzo has had a successful track record for the last 25, 30 years. Exactly. It's really augmenting that, that, that solution and augmenting that process and showing the athletes that, hey, 
guess what, guys? I've seen both sides. I was lucky enough and afforded the opportunity to get drafted and play pro sports, but I also was cut 10 times, 12 times in my career. Mm -hmm. So at every pit stop, I could have been out of the league. Yeah. But ultimately, I've transitioned, and I'm doing this. I'm a regular guy, and you can do this and have played uh, college sports. And so it's, it's showing them that they can use their brand which is a college athlete. And I think it's going to be even more beneficial now that that rule has changed in terms of athletes being able to use their image and likeness to, yeah, exactly. to promote themselves. And so we have to be, I guess, very cautious and courteous. And it's no different. You're using your platform to, to help us athletes tell our story. Exactly. And I'm just sharing my experience and sharing, sharing my story to show athletes not you have to do it how I did it, but this is a way you can do it and give them the emotional confidence um, and the and the, the belief and not to suffer from the identity foreclosure and what they're doing. Yeah, and I really love how you said you want to make it relatable because you said it. We had those rookie meetings, but they were, they were usually a Monday after a game Again, on Sunday. Right. And you're as a rookie, and I hate to say this, I'm not trying to really listen to you. I'm trying to get out of here. Like it's been a long day, and for you to put those emphasis on making it relatable because you were in those shoes, you right. sat in those seats in college and in the NFL, and I think that's something that players can really cling to. And, and you said it, and I, I love, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was to use my platform to help other players put their platform out there because you always talk, you hear about players, you know, doing wrong or doing something, getting right. in trouble and stuff. Never hear good stuff. I never, I never hear too many stories about good stuff, and I, and I love to see players, whether, whether they're playing or whether they retire, them doing something positive with their life to make effective change. And you're really doing that, man. And I, and I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate that. your words, man. Yeah. I appreciate that.